Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for listening to my wife and I. Today we want to talk to you about only fools don't fear hell. You know, I remember when I was being interviewed on a radio show about the vision God gave me of hell, and the hosts were making fun of a place of fiery torment and asking if I were now afraid of the dark. They were mocking about a literal hell and stating that it is a scare tactic to get vulnerable and gullible people to follow a dumb religion. You know, it's amazing to me that some can possess such an arrogant and condescending attitude about a topic they know nothing about. They value their opinion over the words of a proven book, the Bible. You know, uh, they, they brought to my memory this verse, uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen: The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. You know, they wouldn't even listen uh, or hear the Bible's view at all or my experience. You know, Bill, and that uh, Jude 23 states that some will only be saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. So the only way some people will turn to the Lord is by hearing a strong message about where they will end up if they don't change. That's right. You know, telling them God loves you means nothing to them and doesn't cause them to really think about their arrogant attitude or humble themselves. That's right. You know, Jesus warned us about hell in 46 verses, and many don't believe in hell because they don't believe Jesus is God. And the Bible calls that person a fool, which is in Psalms 14.1 and Psalms 53.1. That's right. You know, Jesus said in Luke 12, 4 and 5, Be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that they have no more they can do. I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. I mean, that's God speaking, telling us, you to know, fear him. <laughs> we better fear him. Yeah, I mean, hell is a reason enough alone that we should give God reverence, respect, and a holy fear of who he is and what he can do. Right. Then he went, uh, Jesus said this in Matthew 18, 6, uh, but whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. So in other words, there is something coming for that person who harms a child that is far worse than drowning. Exactly. And 2 Corinthians 5, 10, and 11, Paul said, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So in other words, when we understand the severity of hell, we will be more persuasive with people. We will take more effort with them. That's right. You know, the B Believer's Bible Commentary, page 1439 states, quote, This verse is commonly taken to mean that since Paul was aware of God's terrible judgment on sin and the horrors of hell, he went everywhere seeking to persuade men to accept the gospel. Quote. Right. So he saw, he knows the severity of hell. So that motivates you to go and witness. That's the reason why it's good for Christians to hear the message about hell. You know, Jameson Fawcett Brown's commentary, page 1240, says, The coming judgment so full of terrors to unbelievers, ministers should use the terror of the Lord to persuade men. So, you know, and then John the Baptist, uh, he said to the Pharisees who came to him in Matthew 3, 7, 
who were the highest religious leaders of that day. He said, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So he just told them where they were headed. Very true. You know, and I know there's um, some verses on wrath. I just wanted to read a few that's coming on unbelievers and the ungodly. But, you know, Bill, actually, a fear of God is what how I came to the Lord. Well, really, it was end times teaching, you know, yeah. about the 666, the Antichrist. And that was through Calvary Chapel. And they were teaching about the end times. And I was an unbeliever. I'm 18 years old. I've never heard such a thing. And I got afraid of, I don't want to be here when all this is going down, right, you know, right. and that got me actually interested in hearing more. And is this really in the Bible? I mean, I had enough sense to know, you know, there is a God and I believe the Bible was true, but I, you know, as an unbeliever, yeah. never read it. So, you right. know, it does put like a fear of God on you. And it's, it's sad because, you know, just in generations back, even um, you'd talk to an unbeliever and they'd have a respect, a little bit of a respect for God. Even if they didn't know Jesus, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that to the man upstairs. Or, right. you know, they would have just some kind of um, awareness, awareness that there's a God their and conscience respect. pricked, a respect. Right. And today, today it's it's I'm gone mocking. so far the opposite right. direction, which is so sad. Like there's just been so much on, a dishonor no honor taught to the, the, you know, generations today, I guess this is trickling down obviously from decades with the parents, you right. know, and them becoming godless, the children becoming godless. And it, here we right. are right. today and the very last of the last days. You know, I know also Romans two says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So there are people that get saved by God's goodness, his love that they see and people and, Oh, absolutely. Towards, you know, so we're just talking about there's one aspect is the arrogant usually don't, they don't. Yeah. Right. They, so. The arrogant it's, it's like you always, you said this before, you know, Jesus used love and compassion with the humble Right. But he opposed the proud and that's what the scripture says. Right. And that's that's the proud needs something more because they're not moved by, oh, God loves you. They think, oh, right. that fairy tale, those stupid Christians or, you right. know, if they have an arrogant mocking attitude. He gave uh, mercy to the humble and he gave the law to the proud. Exactly. He quoted the law to them like, OK, the law nails you to the wall. You, exactly. You're doing this wrong and you know it, you know. Well, here's just a few verses on the wrath coming. So this is what God said, John 3:36, he that believes on the son has everlasting life and he that believes not on the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's and, strong. And Romans 1:18 says for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. 2 Thessalonians 1:9 says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Boy, that's strong again. And listen to this one. Revelation 14, 10, and 11 says, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. Now that just proved they still exist. They have no rest day nor night, and they're in God's presence. Uh, and, you know, it mentions, uh, that this verse is terrifying because it mentions God's full strength. 
without measure. Yeah, and does God even have a full strength? Right. And He's what so would that unlimited. Be? Yeah, what would that be? You know, Bill, and these next, these are short verses, but these next three verses I just want to read are very yeah. eye-opening. In Nahum 1.6, it says, Who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire. Zephaniah 1, 14 and 15 says, The great day of the Lord is near. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, trouble, distress, wasteness, and desolation. That's a strong verse, too. It is. And Zephaniah 1, 18 says, Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. That's right. Some of these people trust in their money. You know, um, I remember talking to a couple who's, home I was selling. Um, They were both professors at a major university, and they were very proud of their education and made sure I knew it. Uh, But their condescending attitude was obvious, and the subject of God came up, and they actually laughed at the whole concept of God. They said that a person has to be so uneducated to believe in fairy tales. You know, and I also remember fearing for them. And I pictured Judgment Day when they are standing before a holy, omnipotent, all-powerful, almighty God. How foolish they will look as it will be played back for them. They're calling God a fairy tale. You know, it makes me think of this verse, Psalms 14.1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You know, they are corrupt. Uh, This is, the verse goes on. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. I know, Bill. You know, man thinks he's so smart. And those are some of the hardest people to reach is those who are educated and in right. in, in the world's ways, I should say, and uh, have an intellect that they take pride in. You know, yet even all the brightest scientists in the world can't make one seed that's right. <laughs> one plant seed. He can't make one rose petal. He can't make one drop of water. You know, it is dumbfounding that man is surrounded with evidence of creation, yet they deny their creator. That's right. You know, and back to a few more verses we'll just give here. I just want to kind of, I know, hammer this home, but uh, this is so strong. And Jesus said these, uh, Matthew 13, 40 through 42, he says, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You know, wailing and gnashing, uh, that uh, infers torment, gnashing, anger, Yeah, and so anger, forth, yeah, you know? that makes sense. Matthew twenty two thirteen, 13, uh, Jesus said, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him in outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 24, 51 and he shall cut him in pieces and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, 41, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And these are all Jesus. Right. Jesus Christ, Lord God Almighty, he's saying all these things. So only a fool would not believe his words. That's right. Mark 9, 47, Jesus said, and if I offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. In Matthew 23, 33, Jesus said, you serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? In other words, you can't escape it. And Matthew 25, 46, these shall go away into everlasting life and these shall go away into everlasting punishment. So, he used the same word, everlasting is the word aeonios, 
So just as heaven is everlasting, so is hell everlasting. And notice there's only two destinations. Very true. There's my husband, like a machine gun with those scriptures. <laughs> now, did you get that? But it's, it's important. I mean, it doesn't right. matter what your opinion is, Bill, or my opinion. That's right. Is what did God say? What did Jesus say? All those were Jesus Christ, his, him quoted right and, there. And some of the Christian leaders say, well, Jesus was very vague on his uh, comments about hell, and he left it really and. and Ambiguous. ambiguous. I've heard that. Yeah, you know. it's like no, it's no. Look how clear it was. Very clear, and and God has given us for you know fair warning about hell all through the scriptures. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen, God said, "I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life." That's right. And Paul said in Colossians one twenty eight, "Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man." That's right. You know, if you were traveling uh, and driving on a foggy day and you see just ahead a man frantically waving his hands for you to stop, and then a little further, another man doing the same, and then another, and then another, well, this should give you reason to perhaps stop, right? Well, the reason they are waving you down is because the bridge is out, and with the fog, you will drive right off the edge. Now, if you ignore their warnings and drive off the bridge, it would be your fault, not theirs. So true. And well, this is how it is with God. He sends people all across our path throughout our lives to share with us the way of salvation and warns us of an eternal hell. Yet so many continue to ignore all the warnings. They are in a sense shrouded in a spiritual fog. Right, Bill? That's right. And, And they fall prey to the devil's lies. However, there are also many who know the right way, but they refuse and push God away because they don't want to part from their sinful lifestyle. That's right. They refuse God's offer of salvation and with their own mouth deny God exists. They send themselves to hell by their own words, as Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty seven. That's right. You know, repenting of our sins and receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is the only way to stay out of hell. You know, and warning people about hell is not only because you want to scare them, but because you care for them. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.